0: Our scripture lesson is going to come from Luke chapter 12. If you want to turn there for just a moment, we'll begin reading in just a moment. But there are so many things in life we're encouraged to reflect on. Sometimes a student in a class is told to reflect upon their work and say, what could you have done better or what could you have done different? Sometimes in our homes we might build something or make something and, you know, you try something out new, you want to say what went well, what didn't work well, and what could we make different? Sometimes in our jobs, we're asked to reflect upon something that we completed or whatever it is. You know, often in our life, we're asked to reflect and to ponder things. I have a book at home, and I hope I don't butcher this up, but I think the name of the book is called This Ain't No Practice Life. Which means, folks, when you live and when you die, there's no going back changing what we do in this life. So this morning, I want you to ponder some things. I want you to ask yourself some things. I want you to reflect on some things. And this morning, Luke chapter 12 is going to teach us just that. It's about a farmer had a really good year. Now, if I was to tell you a story that began with a farmer, one, that's in a very applaudable occupation to have, a hard-working farmer. But a person that worked hard, that was successful in what they had attempted to do and that they had done, we're going to see here, and I want to read, if I can, the 20th verse. This farmer was having some success, and God said unto him, Thou fool. Again, notice what he said, thou fool. Fool just means a person that refused to reflect. Maybe that should be our title this morning, refusing to reflect. That's what happened to this farmer is he refused while he was living his life to reflect on his relationship with God. I want to ask you this. Do you have anybody in your life that refuses to reflect on their relationship with God? We reflect on so many things. What went good? What did not go so well? What are the things that we like? What are the things that we dislike? But have we really truly reflected on our relationship? Do you refuse to reflect, for notice what he said, but thou, uh, uh, thou fool this night, thy soul shall be required of thee. Then here's a question, then whose things, then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? You see, this farmer was thinking about buildings, and all he was thinking about were these big glamorous banquets. You know, there's an intelligent world out there today. I don't know the exact average IQ of every person that roams the face of this earth, but I do know this. People seemingly are smarter and smarter and smarter. They can take research of one person and then the next person comes along and they build on that. The next person comes along and then they build on that. We keep building and building and building and we become a smarter society. But if we refuse to reflect on our relationship with God... Then Jesus himself said, Thou fool. You mean to tell me that because I put all my thought and my actions into something, that I'm not wise for having pondered about my relationship with God? How foolish would it be for a person to live their entire life and not think about what's important when they leave this world? And that's why he said, Thou fool. You see, God is going to judge this farmer. Now, you hear so much about this today. Well, you can't judge me. And you know what? I disagree with that. I do believe the Bible does talk about judgment. But I will say this let's just, let's just make this pretty plain this morning. God has the right to judge an individual. God can, He will, and He does judge an individual. Now, I say that, and I want you to pause that thought for a minute. If we're not careful, it's easy for us to label people. Well, they're artistic or they're talented or uh, whatever it is. And you can fill in the blank. and, And believe me, we're going to exclude the fact some of these assumptions that we make about people probably are not the most pleasant things. But if you would have asked a society about a successful farmer if you were to ask a society or a community, let's just say, what about this person here? They, they, they worked in their crops, they raised their crops, they gathered in enough where there was an abundance of gathering in. What would you think about this person? They'd give you a big old thumbs up. Well, that person just has their life together. But if they refuse to reflect on their relationship with God, then the question really is, how wise are they? So we see here that when God says, thou fool, the label of God is more important than the label of a man. Man might have said, this guy is successful. Man might have said, this guy had it all figured out. Man might have said, man, he has his life together. But God said, thou fool. You know, this morning, I'm not asking you what everybody around you thinks about you. Now, that's that's a hard pill to swallow for us, isn't it? We worry about what everybody's going to think. Matter of fact, we advertise it to so many people about so many things that we want people to think highly of us. But the true question this morning is, are we refusing to reflect on what God says? For that 20th verse says, to this farmer, he says, Thou fool. What do a lot of people that come across successful people think? Psalms chapter 10, I'm going to read to you the third verse. For the wicked boasteth of his heart's desire... And blesseth the covenants whom the Lord apporeth. In other words, there are that human beings may like, but God's not necessarily so pleased with. A little bit later there in the book of Psalms, in the 49th chapter, notice what he says in the 18th verse. Though while he lived, he blessed his soul, and men will praise thee when thou doest well to thyself. Isn't it amazing or isn't it interesting That you have a person, you have a farmer that's being praised by man, but condemned by God. Matter of fact, if this were going to be in our, our modern day, we would say to that one person, well, you need to get with everybody else. If everybody else sees that, then we want to tell God, why don't you see that, folks? God sees all things. If you refuse to reflect about your relationship with God and what's important to you, then that's all that matters is when God says, Thou fool. I want to back up for just a minute now. I want to read beginning in verse 15. Luke chapter 12, and let's begin reading in verse 15. Take heed and beware of covetousness. In other words, covenant is there's a desire for more and more and more. God is not going to... And I'm going want, want to pause for just a minute. God is not displeased because the farmer was successful. God is not displeased because this person had great gain. And he wasn't displeased with it because he was a farmer. God was displeased because he would not take care of his soul. So you can't say it's an occupation or a person or success that God envied or something along those lines... God was displeased with this individual because he refused to reflect on his eternal life. Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. I want you to notice here, as we read these words, what was the farmer interested in? So this morning I want to ask you a question. Let's just keep asking these questions. What are you interested in here this morning? What's your desires? Is it school or is it jobs or is it uh, whatever it is? What are you most interested in more than anything else? Notice what he said. It's not important the abundance of things. And he spake a parable unto them saying. Now notice what's going to happen. Here this rich farmer was going to, all he was interested in was these banquets and all these big buildings and all these things. And notice what he said. He had no interest in eternity. I ask myself so often, Lord, how many people are not interested in eternity? They're only interested in here and the now. So when we say refuse to reflect, is there such thing as people or there's such thing as a group of people that refuse to reflect on eternity? Or just so often people might say, preacher, can we talk about something else? I really don't want to talk about dying and eternal life. Folks, let's be honest this morning. It's going to happen. We have to ask ourselves, we have to reflect. I'm not saying we can't live our life and enjoy our life, but when we reflect on all of these things, are we truly reflecting on eternal life? He said, I want to tell you about a rich man who brought forth plentifully. Notice what we're reading here beginning now in verse 17. This rich person was indifferent about the soul and eternal life, and it says, And he thought within himself, saying... Now notice he never, the rich person never has to tell anybody else. God already knows. Now I believe in confession. Don't get me wrong. But you know what? You cannot say a single word to another individual, but God knows exactly where your interests are this morning. He knows if you refuse to reflect on your eternal life and your eternal salvation, he already knows that. And he says, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. This is what's happening to the the, this rich farmer. He says, I'm successful. And he said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to be content with what I have. I want more and more and more. You know what our word for that is? It's greedy. It's where we want more and more and more. People want more. Uh, they want greater barns. They want greater worldly possessions is what this, this, this uh, parable is all about. People that want more and more and more and not content with what God has given them. But our reflection is about what are these things that are in eternity today? So the one farmer said... This is what I'm going to do. Notice what he's going to say here. This is what I am going to do. I will pull down my barns and I will build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. Do you notice the eyes and the mys in here? Why don't you keep listening to them. The eyes and the mys. It's all about them and what they can have here in this life. And I will say to my soul, soul. Thou hast much good it's laid up for many years. Take thine ease. We're not worried about eternity. Let's enjoy our life. Eat, drink, and be married. But notice what happens in that 20th verse that we've already read to you. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. What an absolute shock to this farmer. He thought that he had everything figured out. He thought he had everything planned out. He thought he had everything in its proper place. But there was one important thing missing in his life. A relationship with Christ. You know what? There are people today that are, I call them super organized people. They think of everything. In other words, they... Things I never could imagine. I thought, how did you think of that? They think of everything, they're organized, and they they can lay it out and they can situation it and they can make all these things. But I want to ask a person that if you're that good and you can remember all these things, how could you not think about what's gonna happen to you when you leave this world? And he said, This farmer said, This is what I'm gonna do. He said, I'm not gonna just take what I've gotten. He said, I wanna tear down barns. He said, We're gonna make them bitter bigger. And what he meant was, is that he was planning on keeping going and going and going. And you know what today we have to realize is that we may plan to build bigger barns, but that doesn't mean they're going to happen. How many of you have plans right now for your life? We all do. We all have plans. We got plans this morning. And let's talk short term. We have plans to get up, to go to church, to go home. I don't know what your plans are this afternoon, but you have Plans. You got plans for Monday, Tuesday. Let's just say you got your plans for five years from now, ten years from now. We have all kinds of plans, but so did this person. The thing about it is, plans do not always materialize. This one said, "You know what?" I said, "I've gra- look at what I've gained, look at what I prospered." He said, "I'm going to tear these barns down and build greater." And he says, "Thou fool! This night shall thy soul be required of to thee." This guy was planning on living life. Notice what he said. He says, eat, drink, and be merry. He had a plan, but God had a plan. I cannot tell you how many times in my life, and even amongst this gathering of people, you can attest to this, how many times have we had plans, and I don't know if I should say derailed, but you know what? Sometimes our plans get derailed, don't they? Sometimes what we want does not happen the way we want. Folks, today I ask you this. If you were to walk out those doors and the Lord saw fit to take your last breath and today was your last day, are you prepared? Are you going to refuse to reflect on where you're going to spend eternity? That was the problem with the rich man was he refused to reflect on what was going to happen to him after to die. And it came to this point and he said, This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Hebrews, I believe it is, in the ninth chapter, I believe in the 27th verse. Tells us, for it is appointed that a man once to die, but it says, and after this the judgment. You see, this morning I want us to understand and to see is that that there's coming a time in our life where uh, we're definitely going to have to say, Lord, we're finished with all that we've done in this life, but what are we going to do with all that we've accumulated? And that's where the end part of that uh, 20th verse comes in, I I think, very interesting. For all that he had uh, uh, accumulated, notice what he said. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? Do you know what he's saying to the farmer? He said, somebody else is going to take your wealth that you thought was so important to you. You know what's sad? Is that people put a lot of energy and a lot of interest into things that are absolutely irrelevant in eternity. And I want to say that one more time. People put a lot of time and energy into things that are absolutely irrelevant in eternity. All they're good for is here in this life. But let me ask you this morning, do you have everything you need in this life? God takes care of those things, and I believe in that. But I also believe that we've got to be prepared for the next one. That means, Lord, when do you see fit? And he said, it was kind of almost an insult, for he said, that whose things, then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? Let me put that a little bit different. How would it feel... To have invested your entire life into something you're only going to leave behind. Does that make any more sense to you? Folks, people are worried about everything they're going to leave behind. I'm not going to lie to you. There's a lot of times I try to want to get my affairs in this life in order. I want to say, how should we do that? And I've done a lot of planning over the last few years. Like how, how, do we, how do we do this? And how do we get these things together? But the thing is, more important than what happens to all of my physical things that I have in life is the fact of, I want people to know that the most important thing is, not what I leave behind, is not more important than leaving behind to you that I have been saved by God's grace. I can leave you all kinds of old books I may have or there may be some kind of a coin that was collected or something. But you know what, folks? The most important thing that you can leave behind for anybody is the fact that you have a testimony of being saved by the grace of God. But we see here that this one has spent an entire life, all his energy, all of his efforts into something he was only going to leave. So the question is, why don't you take these things with them? And that's why he said, then whose shall those things be Which thou hast provided. No wonder God called him a fool. In that 20th verse, he didn't call him a fool because he was rich or he worked hard or he was a farmer. He called him a fool because he refused to think about eternal life. Today, how many people would be uh, foolish to, uh, to not reflect upon the state that they're in and, and, and not to think about refusing to reflect upon where they stand with God and, and what's going to happen to them when they leave this world. And I believe today that God desires that, that, that we might be able to uh, to have a relationship with Him while we're in this life to get ready for the life after this one. You see, for a lot of people are selfish. Selfish and they're not worried about what their own own ways or their own thoughts about things. For that's what he says in that, uh, let me back up there just a second. That's what he says in that 17th verse. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do because I have no room where to bestow? And that means to store his crops. He cared for nobody else. And that's why he talks about these things over and over and over again. Is that he says, "Look at what I shall do, because I have no rooms where to bestow my fruits." This rich man had no nowhere and talked about the blessings that came from God. Matter of fact, do you see? One, we know that these crops came from God. We know that. But let me ask you this, did he ever acknowledge God and that God was the one that gave him these things? No, he did not because he felt like these were things that he had done. You see, this morning I hope that we'll understand is that none of us are going to go to heaven on our own merit. We're going to go because of the grace of God and because of the sacrifice of his son Jesus. Are you reflecting on what you have in life? And I'll even ask you this question, are you reflecting on who you have in your life? One of the things we preached on, I guess it was one of the last services I preached in revival was, uh, it was the idea of it's not just so much what you know, but it's who you know. Today, folks, do you really know Jesus? Do you know him? Have you been saved by him? Or is it you have all of these things that uh, that are important here? And I want you to see in this, uh, in this reading that we got here in Luke, in that 12th chapter, forgetting again in the 19th verse, and he says, And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast made much goods, laid up for many years, take thine ease, eat. Drink and be merry. Do you know what he was preparing for? Old age. That's really what he was preparing for. He was preparing for these things to happen. But let me ask you this. You sure, sure, we have to prepare for tomorrow. But let me ask you this. Does tomorrow ever come? No. So we start preparing for things, and I believe that we have to understand that, that there's things that we have to take care of for down the road. We take care of our health down the road. We take care of, uh, of our means down the road. And I'm not against those things, but those things are not more important than that because how many people have down the road plans and they never get down the road this one, he, he, he had plans to grow old, for he said there that he was going to get to that place where he was going to uh, eat, drink, and be many. He says, for thou hast laid much goods, laid up for many years. But the problem was, it was all in the wrong place. For look at the 21st verse. So is he that layeth up treasures for himself, and is not rich toward God. A lot of people are worried more about their physical state than they are their spiritual state. People will go through extreme, extreme conditions to take care of their physical health. I've seen people without vehicles walk to get health taken care of. I've seen people today not have a vehicle and they'll call a friend to take them so that they will go to uh, the doctor and they can take care of their physical health. But you know what? We have vehicles. We have access to vehicles. We have churches within walking distance. But sometimes we struggle to get to the nearest place that we can worship and serve a true and living God. People are dying thirst and there's water just around the bend. There's people today hungry, but yet there's bread shops right on the corner. We see today that there, and I'm not talking about in the physical sense, but spiritually speaking, folks, the word is getting out there. There's one thing I've learned in these last, I don't know, 18 months, is that the Word of God is getting out there. And I'm not just talking about the Word of God, I'm talking about soundness, the truth. A true, unadulterated gospel is being proclaimed out there today. But if we are concerned about our physical states, what about our spiritual? For he said that God began to speak unto him there, and he says, uh, and the Lord told him, he says, Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be. Mary. He was very busy. I say that word. He was busy. He was busy working in his farm. He was busy working on his crops, but he did not have time for God. Boy, this may hurt some feelings around the world today, but do you think there are people that are too busy for God? How sad it is for a person to think that, well, let me take care of this God, then I will. Well, God, let me finish this part of my life up, then I will. God, let let me go. As as we read sometimes, Lord, bid me first to go and bury my father. He said, no. He said, you need to let the dead bury the dead. How many of us have things that, that if we're not careful that will come into us and that they will become things that are more important than God? And this farmer was too busy for God. Folks, I pray and I pray for you and I try to pray for myself that we'll never be too busy for God. For the devil will come along in just a little while when we say amen and we get ready to sing a song. The devil will come along and say, well, those people need to hurry up and get out of there. They got places to go. I want you to know something. We are not too busy for God to work in a service. I don't care how long we're here. And if you've got something you need to do, I want you to understand I respect that. For things have happened. I, just People just ease on out of the church service and we'll keep serving the Lord. If there's people here that need to pray, I want you to know this. There will be somebody here praying with you as long as you need somebody to pray. We're not in a hurry. We're not too busy for God. Sure, we have plans. Sure, we have things. But you know what? Sometimes we understand God changes our plans. I know that and I understand that. But may we not be as this rich man that got to this point that he was just too busy. And God began to warn him. He says, you got too concerned about the wrong things in your life. It reminds me of the scripture found over in the book of 1 Timothy. Chapter 6. In verse 17. Sometimes you'll hear people say, well if you've got if you've got prosperity in your life, God's not pleased. I don't think that's what the Bible teaches. The Bible says when that becomes more important than God, then that's where we have an issue. Charge them that they are rich. In other words, you need to command them that they are rich in this world, that they be not high minded. Talking about here, notice what he's saying here. God, God, God's giving a warning here. He says, that they be not haughty, which things, look, look at what I've done. Nor trust in uncertain riches. He said, you can have them, but your trust still needs to be in God. You know, a lot of people think that they can find their way out of certain predicaments. You can't do that. But they need to trust in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. That they, they do good. That they be rich in good works. Ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Let me ask you something. Have you got anything that you want to give today? Sure, I want to help out and I want to do this. And I and I believe in supporting. But you know what he says? Be willing to give, to distribute, he said. Willing to communicate you know what it means to distribute there you need to give share the things that god has given us rich in good works more important than what we can give somebody is what we can do for them we can do we can pray for them we can take them in the presence of the lord we can help them out i'm not opposed to us doing good deeds we know that those don't get us to heaven they're just because we are a child of god and that's what's in us and he said that we may do the good works ready to distribute willing to communicate Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come. Ah, there's a comma there. We haven't got to the end of that verse. He said, you mean to tell me that people are doing good works and what's that doing? He says, laying a foundation that they may lay hold on eternal life. Eternal life. I want you to listen to me. It's not about what you have. It's about the generosity of someone else. Now I want to go back and I want you to read this again in First Timothy. He said you need to be willing to do good deeds. He said more importantly what you can do for them is more important than what you can, I want to use this word because you'll understand it, than what you can donate to them. Folks, today let's think about Jesus. Let's think about Jesus in heaven. Let's think about us as a sinful man here. Could God have just donated something for us? Or is our eternal life based on what God could come and do for us? Folks, this morning I want you to know something. I thank God that what He had done. Yes, He gave us the gift of God. But you know what He did? He did a work in me. And that's what He's talking about here. That they may lay hold on eternal life. For our salvation is not something that we we went out and purchased. It is something that is a work that is done by someone else. Being the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God will do just those things laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. I'm going to turn back over to Luke for just a minute, i want to close here in just a minute. This rich man had no desires or concerns or thought about what he was leaving behind. He wasn't thinking about what's ahead. All he was doing is thinking about now. Where are you at right now in your life? Are you thinking about tomorrow? Are you thinking about yesterday? Look, at we were a sinful person. God has brought us to a place that we can be saved because we're headed to a heavenly country. We need to be saved, folks, because one day God is going to take us from this life. But are you ready for that day? Are you refusing to reflect on your status with God, saying, preacher, I don't need this eternal life. I don't need God in my life. I just need to worry about taking care of business here. You all know, I'll, I'll small talk with you all day long about your your, your your jobs and your your individual things that you may do and what you do. But I want you to know something. The most important thing to me this morning is, where are you going to spend eternity? I, I love talking about your jobs and hearing about what happens at your jobs. The hard days you have and the, 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 the victories that you have in your jobs. The people that have their, their home lives and the good things and the bad things. I love to hear about those things. But you know what? more important to me than anything else? Is that you leave this place this morning knowing that if God sees fit to call you from this life, heaven's going to be your home. As I used to hear it asked all the time. If you was to leave this world today, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, heaven's going to be your home. And you know what? I can raise my hand this morning and say, yes, glory unto God. If I was to leave this life before I was to walk out and leave into this place, folks, heaven's going to be my home. Why? Because I remember reflecting on my life uh, many times when I was 19 years old. I reflected upon my life and realized that I could not go in the state I was in. I needed a Savior. And I remember that night as I made my way into an altar. Folks, I repented. I have cried out. Unto God, not with my eyes, but from my heart. And you know what God did? He took the riches of this old world where they were not important. You know, when I got saved, I didn't have much to my name. I still don't, but I didn't have I had a whole lot less then than I do now. But you know what? God gave me the riches of His grace. God gave me the riches of His mercy. And you know what God did to me that day? He gave me a desire to, to sure make it through this world, but to realize that I'm not putting all my confidence in this world, that I realize I'm just passing through this whole place. And you know what? This place. I've called home uh, for, for many years. But you know what? One of these days, I'm going to call heaven my home. I'm on my way to that place because of a time in my life when I reflected. We reflect on so many things. We reflect on so many things and we, we ponder, Lord, what can we do different? What was, what was important to us? You do not get to redo your life. When you get to the end of your life, what was important to you? What you could accomplish and, and accumulate? or What you could leave not so much behind? But what you have to reach forward unto. This morning I want to get a song.